Good morning, friends. It is Saturday morning, October 25th, 2014. The year's just about over, and I attempted to record a podcast um, yesterday or Thursday because that was my only night off this week, meaning worked all day, and then I had events and things that I had to work at night. And so I started recording it. And when I tell you that I was so tired um, that I could barely even stand the... Uh, stand hearing my voice that I started it and then I quit it and I was doing on the topics of dating which is not one of my favorite topics um but I did make notes on it and I did save it and maybe I'll do it again when I feel more up to it or maybe I need to just flush it out a little bit but I'm doing getting more out of your day which equals getting more out of your life this morning and So often I have people reach out to me and just ask me things that they should be doing for their day. How do they max out their days? Like some people are just aimlessly going through days, weeks, months, feeling like they aren't doing anything um, and they aren't seeing any results. So it's clear they're not getting anywhere. Alrighty. I have five-ish points, but five is really, really long. So uh, I probably need to move it. So we'll just, we'll, we'll play it by ear and see how things go. Let me have my sip of decaf coffee. That was the other thing. I decided to pick the busiest week of my life to quit drinking coffee. Okay. So headaches, tired. I'm having a sip of decaf this morning. Number one, time management, which we hear people saying all the time. What does that mean? What does that mean? So first thing I want you to do is look at how much time you probably waste every day. Um, How do you keep up with how much time you waste? Go ahead and start a journal. Start logging your daily activities from the moment that you wake up. I mean, log everything that you do. And if you can, put the time next to it. You know, so 6.15, you know, woke up, log the time you got to work, log the time, you know, that you leave, log the things that you do in the day. If you take some time to do other things throughout the day, like if you're writing or if you're coding or if you're just doing other stuff, start logging that and you're going to start to notice some patterns, which we are going to get to as I continue to do this podcast. The second part of time management is how often do you use your calendar? So for those of you, I'm not familiar with Android phones. I had one a long time ago, but I don't remember. If you have an iPhone or even if you have Google, because there's like, I use my Google Calendar through my iPhone. And when I tell you that I utilize the hell out of my calendar, that is basically my lifeline. That is how I max out my days, my weeks, and my months by using the calendar to get things done. What does that mean? So there are certain things that I plant on my calendar that go on there no matter what. So if you've got your all of your weekly routines, if you're working out or if you want to work out, having those workouts on your calendar will simply remind you to do it. But more than that, it blocks off the time that you're going to need to do it. Because what's going to happen? You're going to say to yourself on Sunday or on Monday, okay, I'm going to work out three days this week. You don't plan for it. So Everything in your life just starts to run you down and you look up and it's Friday and it's Saturday and you haven't worked out versus having this tacked onto your calendar, living off of your calendar and using it to make all plans and appointments. So if someone calls and says, hey, can you do a breakfast meeting on Wednesday at eight o'clock? You're like, eh, 
that time is booked. How does 10 o'clock work? And you don't have to say why you can't do that time. You're simply unavailable and you are therefore working out or doing something for yourself. And that's how you keep the whole train organized is that, you know, living off of this schedule will help you get so many things done. So I put my workouts on there. You put the weekly things on there. And then as you know, there are things you need to do. So there may be some weeks where I'm like, I really need to catch up with some people on the phone. So that's when I or my assistant will start reaching out to people and seeing when they're available for a phone call. So then, you know, I start peppering my calendar with different phone calls with different people I need to talk to. Then I have my appointments and then I just really try to keep everything managed um, so that I know what I'm doing. And then some people have asked me about the dating thing and I'll just do like a little quick bit on that and then maybe I'll do a full podcast. But how do you date or attempt to date when you're as busy as I am or some of these other people are? And number one is that I always say you need a mommy mentor. If you're a single woman out here and you're really on your grind and you're hustling, you need mentors who are mothers, who have families, who you can talk to because they will help you keep your perspective while you're hustling and grinding and remind you that, you know, not even if you, you're not sure you want to have children like myself, you're not sure you want to be married like myself. It's always just nice to, to have the option and to work toward the option and to start to sort of incorporate those sorts of things so that you're just not totally caught off guard. What does that mean? So how do, how do I date? How have I dated? Um, there have been periods of time where I have been dating and there have been periods of time where I haven't dated at all. Um, when I haven't dated at all, that was by choice. Um, the not dating at all really was a time for me to become the best me that I felt that I can be from an emotional standpoint. You know, I wanted to be, so many of us are focusing on our outward appearance, you know, which is fine because we, I work out and I want to look great. But I really wanted to take some time off to make sure that my my mind was healthy. So I've said it uh, ad nauseum that I have gone to therapy. But in addition to going to therapy, I wanted to spend some time applying um, some of the tools and things that I picked up in therapy. And so I took some time off from dating, which was really um, good because I was able to do that. And if you feel like that's something that you may need to do, I encourage you to do it. It is like the best money I have ever spent in my life because it makes dating so much easier when you're not bringing all of your baggage. And I don't want you to think baggage, baggage is like you start, we come into relationships thinking that baggage is like past relationships. Baggage is your old family shit. You know what I mean? Your baggage is your generational trauma from great-grandmother to grandmother to this to that and if you're african-american black woman nine times out of ten something has happened in our families even if your parents are still married just the way your family went about doing things it's always nice to just go to someone to to re to understand where you're coming from in a relationship which helps you to communicate better overall which just makes for better relationships and that's just romantic or not but that's the pre-part the second part is Okay, I feel like in this day and age, as fast as we're moving, if online dating, Tinder, the app, all those things are really wonderful if you're busy. And it seems like it's a part-time job, and the truth of the matter is that it is. So you have to decide how much of the dating, how much time you want to dedicate to that, and then dedicate it. Because I don't care what anybody says to you, 
it, the days of running into somebody and meeting the love of your life, not to say that it can't happen, and I'm certain that it can, but just on average, the percentages I'm pretty sure have dropped. And so you just got to be proactive about that. You have to be proactive about everything that you want to happen in your life. So what do I do? What did I do? I usually would spend later, like I take an hour before bed and dedicate it to like my dating situation, whatever that may be. If it's going on an app, if it's going online, whatever it may be, I would take an hour once I was ready to date again, one hour before bed dedicated to that. And then you just work from there. And then after that, if you find yourself enjoying someone you spent, you decide on your calendar, I'm going to dedicate two days per week to my dating. I know you're like, oh my God, this sounds so calculated, but it keeps it happening. It keeps everything up in the air because life just gets so busy. So then what do you do after that? After you've started the two days a week and you start spending more time, you pick it up from there. And then you just apply that person to your life and you just apply it very honestly and just let them know what you have going on and how, you know, I always tell people, anyone that I'm dating that, you know, I'm very much, it's very good to make plans in advance with me. And then we can do things spontaneous as they come along. But if there are specific, if there are two days or three days a week that you definitely want to see me, like we need to definitely get that on the calendar or see how we can do something maybe after. So maybe if I have to work really late, we maybe not go out, but maybe it's a late night date night, which is just like a movie, um, which is just like getting together and having conversation, whatever. You figure it out, you make it work. Um, and my final thing about time management is recognizing your distractions. Um, if you are finding that there are people in your life or there are things in your life that just take up too much time, do you ever notice that? It's like, why is this phone conversation so long? Why can I not get anywhere with this person? Like we are still having the same conversation and it's day 10, 11, 12, 13. Uh, eliminate those. Number two, and since I've spent so much time on time management, I'm going to try to plow through these next few. And then five, I want to lean on because it's one of my favorites. But number two is outsource. So many times people spend time doing things that they really don't need to be doing for themselves because we have attached, a lot of us women, is myself specifically, have attached, you know, worth and value to, oh, you know, being a woman, doing my laundry, cooking, cleaning, all this other nonsense. Um, I've said it before, I'll say it again. I don't do laundry. I have not done laundry in three years. Pre-curlbox, I was I I decided to start paying for laundry back then. If you are wondering how you can do that and not break the bank, um, I used care.com. You have to be very careful on those different sites because this is if you have a washer and dryer in your house like I do, this is having someone in your house. If you can drop your laundry off, I say add that. If you know, laundry takes hours to do in folding and putting away and all of that. I just felt like I could probably earn money in the time that I was doing laundry. So I outsourced that. Um, I also don't really, uh, this is going to sound scandalous, but I don't really clean up. Um, I'll straighten up my stuff. I'm not a nasty person. I'm probably a little bit messy, meaning I'll kick my shoes off on the floor. I will leave things down. My house will, in my, I live in my home, but I have a lot of, um, nicer things and I like my stuff really organized. And so I have a weekly housekeeper who is more like advanced housekeeping. Uh, so my house never really gets ultra dirty, like for a deep clean, because I have someone who's cleaning it, like hitting the floors, hitting the toilets, like sanitizing blankets every single week. But if you can't do that, there are those services that can hit you with that, like do that 
every two months, every four months, whatever it is, absolve yourself from those duties. You have other things to do. Same thing with groceries. There's apps. Best thing you can do for your life is figure out how you can outsource all the things that are taking up your time that are not really making you any money that you don't enjoy. If you love cooking and cleaning and all that, then go for it. Number three is very easy. Set goals. Set daily goals. I must work out today. Set weekly goals. I will make five phone calls to potential clients today. Set monthly goals. I will have one deal by the end of this month and set quarterly goals. I will have four deals. I will have 20 phone calls for, you know, the month. I will have worked out X amount of days. That is how you keep yourself on track. And if you remember me telling you about that journal, what you're going to start doing with that journal is going back and recognizing the patterns. Okay. So on the days that you were able to get a lot of stuff done, kind of make little notes like in pink or in red about like how your mood was that day. Um, what you had that just made you feel good. And those, you want to start to replicate those days. So if you notice that getting up an hour earlier helped you be more productive, do that. If you notice that, you know, doing something back to back, you know, without a break helped you get more done, start to recognize the patterns and stick with that to get more done. Number four is really simple and awesome. It's just rituals, little signals and signs that you may do every day that signal, um, you know, where you are for the day and in your life. So for me, my ritual is to, it's the weekend for me. So it's Saturday and typically I would work out this morning, but I took the whole week off of working out. Uh, you know, I can't work out and quit coffee and have the busiest week ever. So I took the week off from exercise. Um, so I'm up this morning, got up around seven, um, had my coffee, my decaf coffee. I'm going to do this, which is these podcasts are obviously a labor of love for me, but they're also a little bit of my work. They go into all that I'm doing um, for myself and for my company and just kind of putting myself out there. Got to do that, and then I'm going to do groceries after that. Um, but I get up in the morning, and maybe it's your coffee. Then I light a candle. So when I get to my office every day, I always light a candle, which is like, okay, I'm ready to work. That's like my peace, my zen. And then maybe somewhere in the middle of the day, I take a break, and I usually have a snack. Um, like I'll know it's snack time, you know, set your snack time so that you have a break. Um, and then, you know, when you get home, usually when I get home, I have a glass of wine, different things that keep me going and give me rituals throughout the day. Number five is very sort of like wrapping this up. Um, when it comes to sort of a life balance, think about what it is that you want in your life. You know, there's no, everybody's vision or view of balance is going to be different. So some people want just as much free time or play time as they have work time. Some, that seems a little unrealistic, but it could work for you. Um, other people realize that, okay, I'm going to work really hard for X amount of days, X amount of weeks or months, and then I'm going to take four days off and I'm going to go to my favorite place and something like that. Um, that's typically my style. Um, and then um, creating some boundaries. So I definitely have boundaries. I used to let people email me and call me and text me all day and night. And that definitely doesn't happen. Another thing is some people will get your phone number and then text you or get your email and then contact you thinking that just because they have it, that you're uh, obligated to respond to you or not. If I do not know you're contacting me and I do not give you my information, that does not mean anything. And so that's the social media and these cell phones have really taken it too far. And you'll look up and you'll have like zero time for yourself because you're always responding and doing all of these things. Um, the power of no. Um, I love the word no. And I've over time gotten so comfortable with it. Um, 
and I'm going to ask something that I didn't write down, but it's like, I get asked to do tons of things like outside of the work in the hair space. I mean, just in general, from family to friends. Um, and the reality is that I just, you know, when I overcommit, my work is not good. I'm not proud of it and I'm not happy with myself. So I recognize that. So as much as I don't like to say no all the time, I've learned how to say no. Um, and it's not necessarily no. It's usually, you know, I'm overcommitted. I've got a lot going on or, you know, whatever. But either way, I'm not doing it. Um, and the last one is um, something that I have learned over time. And you may be this kind of person. And it took me a minute to realize that I was this kind of person. I was the kind of person that wanted to fix everybody's problems. So if I saw somebody going through something or if someone came to me for something, I just definitely want to be the person to do it. And eventually, and I don't know how it is because I talk about it in therapy, but it's not like a super issue that we really tackle. But then I started looking at myself like it started to feel like I wanted to be a part of the problem. Like I actually there was something that I was getting out of becoming a part of everyone's problem. And so I finally, you know, if someone would come to me with an issue, I would always try to get in there and fix it. Let me do this. Let me do that versus learning to just listen. I was like, you know, sometimes people just want you to be there to listen without fixing it. And so that's what I do now is that, you know, I listen and then I wait for someone to ask me for help. Um, and then if I can help, I do versus trying to do and solve and fix things without people even asking me to, um, so there was no need for me to, you know, attach myself to those things. And it's just, I don't even know what I get out of that or what I was getting out of it, but, you know, feeling like I needed to help everyone. So I hope that that helps. Mildly scattered, but I think it's helpful. Um, you can always ask me questions on my Ask FM, askask.fm backslash my leak teal. Um, and I'm always on the Instagram. If you tweet me, I sometimes get back to it, but I love doing it better on the Ask FM because it keeps everything contained versus getting all jumbled in my social media. Um, working on some new awesome things too. I, I finally made the decision. I was thinking about it and mulling over it, but I finally made the decision that I am going to create a space for all of these things. I want to have one place for you to get the podcast, the Ask FMs, any of the things that you have found helpful, um, sort of organize them and put them in one place for you. And I'm setting a goal of February, uh, so that is just me uh, saying it. I may or may not make that, but the goal is to do February, um, and I would like to have it done by then. So stay tuned for that because I think it'll be really fun for us and an easier way for me to connect with people um, and connect with you and talk to you a little bit more directly. Have a good weekend, guys.